Thunder Nerds are go. Hello and welcome back to Thunder Nerds. My name is Josh. And my name is Indy. And we are back finally on the TNG retrospective grind today. Mm. Um, do we have any... Uh, what are we? What would? What would you? What? What do we want, want to talk about first, Cindy? Do we have anything? Any news we want to talk about? What, what's? What's happening this week that we should talk about first? Mm, well, I'll tell you what, people. Um, we're recording this one now. This will release. If all goes to plan, um, Thursday, the. Well, this is Australian Eastern Standard Time, of course. This will release on Thursday, the 7th of November. So, if that's when you're listening to it, well, if you've been following along with Doctor Who and you're not just here as a Trekkie, you will have seen Wild Blue Yonder now. But we, recording this, all very timey-wimey, we're yet to see it. And it's the eve of Wild Blue Yonder. It's right around the corner for us. So, Mere I wonder... hours away. Hours I, I away. wonder. I wonder if... You listening? You'll you'll know the answer to this if you even if you haven't listened. If you look at the uh, the titles of the uh, of the podcast, you will know if mm. we activated a crisis scenario or not. Mm. We we, we mm. reserve the right to um mm. to activate the doctor in distress. We do, mode. we do, and you'll know if that's happened because if we if we did, I'm going to make sure that the uh, the title has in it for the Monday podcast, Doctor in Distress. If Wild Blue Yonder was not that good, if uh, our worst fears were realised, well, you'll know. So, yeah, lots going on. Um, we've had to um, record a couple in advance because Josh is going to be fairly busy, um, you know, soon, as of tomorrow, really. So we've had to try and get a little bit ahead for ourselves. Get ahead of the game, get ahead of the game just for, just for just for these next 2 weeks. Yeah, yeah, just to just to kind of like make sure that you know you guys still have some content and whatnot. We wanted to make sure that uh you know you guys still had some stuff to listen to. So um this is exciting though. Here talking about Star Trek today and the reason that it is particularly um exciting or a little bit different to to everything we've done so far is that this was the first story you'll probably remember um at the end of the last trek episode if you've been following these josh mentioned this was the first uh episode that we've watched so far of tng that he had not seen so this is the first thing of anything we've done uh, on the retrospective be it doctor who or star trek where both of us was seeing something for the first time so I'm really interested to see what you thought of this one, Josh, knowing that, actually, mm. you know? Mm. Yes, um, keen to dive right into it. Mm. Um, so this one was directed by Cliff Bowl, and it was written by Gene Roddenberry, the showrunner, DC Fontana, and Michael Halperin. And the synopsis reads... While distracted by two antithetical races applying for Federation membership, the Enterprise picks up a sentient entity that can alternately possess either man or machinery. Mm. Uh, The story is called Lonely Among Us, right? Um, So, shall we we give our high-level thoughts on this one? I, um... This one, mm-hmm. I'm uh, I th- I'm gonna be honest, people. I've thoroughly enjoyed this one. Mm. This was a uh, bit of a sleeper hit for me, a bit of a surprise. I wasn't expecting much mm. from a, um, a generic sounding title like Lonely Among Us, mm-hmm. but there were some pretty uh, pretty memorable moments in this one. Um, I'm pretty sure you're already thinking the same ones I am, Indy. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. great uh. Shining moments from some of our lead stars, mm-hmm. really sinking into their their roles. I think this is a. I feel like one of the better ones of season one, and I'm surprised I don't hear it mentioned more often. Mm. Uh, what do you think, Indy? Um, well, 
I will say this off the straight off the off the cuff, right? We'll obviously do our ratings at the end. Um, for me, this was the best so far. I think mm-hmm. season one. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It was a bit of a romp. I think. Mm, yeah, just really enjoyed it from start to finish. When I when I watched it, um, I really didn't have trouble getting through it at all. It just was thoroughly enjoyable to me. It was a fun one. I think actually fun, actively fun to watch. Actively fun. It was really kind of like the campy in moments. Nothing too just, deep, but but yeah, just pure, just, just good pure fun. fun. But also fun. like just really interesting. And um, I never quite knew what was going to happen. And it felt like the, to me that, uh, and I guess, you know, we can now segue into the, into the, uh, the deep dive, but it, it really felt to me like the Enterprise crew were out of their depth in, with this one, with what they'd come up against. Very mm. hard to understand, I suppose, what it was. And it just felt like it was extremely powerful in ways that, you know, you were going, how is it going? Like, how is it? Mm. I don't know. It was, it was, it seemed very in control of things. And I actually, like, by, like throughout the episode, wondered how they would, uh, solve solve mm. solve it all how it would all come together it felt like it was always one step ahead and, and really was dictating it was that it was it, that everyone was playing by this entity's mm. rules you know that's what it felt and like everyone was playing their cards mm. quite close to the chest and i think it was mm. good to see the characters um we're seeing a little bit of conflict uh between the characters mm-hmm. which is rare in season one yep and we're seeing what i do like Mm. Again, we're getting we're getting little little line drops of um, which is what we like. Yep. Um, regulations and and rules mm. in the Federation. What what is customary and what is um by the books in terms of what to do in an emergency. Mm-hmm. You know, if a if a captain is compromised, they, they, there's there's a lot of discussion about. You know, can we legally um mutiny? On, on the ship, mm. if we if we have to, mm-hmm. um, that was something I really sort of peaks peaks my interest. You know, gets my my ears burning when I hear that stuff. Yep. And again, another a big, big, big plus, a big a big win for this episode is we are introduced to one of Data's like best ongoing character traits, I guess, and it's him. Role playing as Sherlock Holmes. Don't tell me it that happens. Does, does, oh, it happens a lot. Yeah, really. I I yeah. loved I loved this, and mm. and I thought it was like a one off kind of campy kind of like he plays Sherlock Holmes in this story. But no, he comes he, back and yeah. Oh, that's in awesome. In some funny ways, what they do is they actually um. I love that. I can't remember how many episodes it is, but they reenact um mm. like stories from Sherlock Holmes on the holodeck. Oh, that is and he sick. plays. Yeah, it's like it's like a recreational thing they do on on board, which mm. is what we get a lot more of in later seasons. We see their daily life and just their hobbies and what oh. they do in their spare time. It's kind of cool. Like you just hang out on the ship. That's the kind of stuff and I'm they, really interested in. To yeah, be honest, so they'll they'll generate like mm. a really hard um, case, like an original case for Sherlock Holmes to to, to solve, and Data will will portray um, the inspector, I guess. That is so and, um, sick. I love yeah, that. Yeah, he's just great in this. Um, that's cool. I actually awesome love that that's not a one-off thing because I, I thought, oh, wow, what a cool choice for like a one-off little thing. But if that's actually the start of something else, I think that that's a really interesting little choice and it just adds to the warm kind of campiness um, mm. that, that, you know, mm. it, it just feels so, I don't know, it's just so enjoyable to watch. But let's talk about mm. the pre-title sequence here, okay? So we have a cobra-like race of delegates, okay, and they're mm. brought aboard the Enterprise, uh, and the Salais. These ones are so got- the, the Salais and the Anticans are the two races that. Okay. So essentially, yeah. So the Enterprise arrives mm. um, at the star system of the Salais, mm, mm. and there, this race is arch enemies with a race called the Anticans and they're both vying for membership in the Federation. Mm. So, they, the Enterprise is tasked with bringing both 
delegates exactly. from the two species to a planet called Parliament, which is an which is an odd name. That I was confused whether they're going to the Parliament of the Federation or if the planet was called Parliament. Mm. And I, I looked it up, it, and it is it is called Parliament, the planet. That's really interesting. See, I'd assumed that it was the it was the Parliament of yeah. the of the Confederate. I didn't realize that. That's what it was. I didn't realize it was a planet. Yeah. I completely missed that. Um, so we get the Salais arrive, now, the reptilian d- d- race. D- d- do you know their names because they come back? Like, are these races known in Star Trek? I don't Trek think more, so. Or did no, you just, you've no, just I've got never heard of. Yeah, never either heard of them. Either, myself, either no. have I. Okay, there might be a one-off. They might be a one-off. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. So yeah, the Salais arrive, and we. Um, <laughs> it's funny, man. Like then the Anticans arrive, mm. right? Mm. And. Um, they're talking about like, what were they talking about? Like well, meat? Well, well, yeah. The the thing that was interesting from the from, from the off was that firstly, one of them I can't now I can, I don't know the names like you know the names here, but the the cobra like one whichever one that was came aboard and goes oh we sense that you bought our other mm, rival mm. Uh, aboard first you know they they start to kind of challenge them on it. And you can tell from the off that there's clearly some tension between the two delicate parties, right? Mm. And yeah, then there's you got the other one that are more that are interested in their meat and whatnot, like you said. And mm. the ship senses um, pick up an unusual energy reading back on the bridge. There's an object traveling at warp speed, mm. and the records of the Enterprise show nothing like it, right? And they, I think we go to like Geordie and and Worf who are on sensor maintenance at the time. Again, another good thing, Worf. We get a lot of Worf action. Yeah, world, uh, yeah, we do. Which we both love. You we know, both love that. Always love seeing him on screen. And he's there with Geordie, who's another one of my favorites. And there seems to be no issues down at the maintenance area. No life forms detected by data. And then Worf, it, 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 he's electrified. Know, in the pre-title sequence, and he does the most ridiculous face when he's like, arr, arr, and then it cuts into the <laughs> really showing all his teeth, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then he falls to the ground, and like, essentially, we we go into um from there, we go to the the titles, and that's the pre-title sequence. I would say overall. It definitely felt like because uh, the way we've just skimmed over it, it was actually quite a long title sequence because yeah, it shows you the delegates. What happens? Mm, what happens? It, it introduces you to both delegate parties before it like goes back to the bridge and things play out for a bit. And I actually at one mm-hmm. point was like, "Did I miss the titles?" But no, it's just a longer, slow burning mm-hmm. title sequ- uh, like pre-title sequence. I wouldn't say it was one of my favorite pre-title sequences of the season. No, nothing. Nothing really was. There was no mystery really no, no. that was set up. It's purely what I do love is mm, mm. we we get the first mention, I believe, of the replicator in Star Trek TNG. Yep. Um, which Riker mentions. You know, this is how we create our meat. We don't slaughter yes. animals anymore. Yes, and that was something that of, I really mm. thought was quite interesting. Now I think that that actually might be. I could be wrong. But I think that that was actually after the post. That was in post credits. I've got you that might, written down uh, here. You may have been. No, I, yeah. I think you're right. Actually. So what happens is Worf becomes conscious and he becomes a little bit hostile. He's very like primitive, you know, kind of like you know. And then he's kind of I don't know if he's sedated or just calmed by Beverly Crusher. And I think she sedates sedates him. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seemed like to me. She kind of like sedates him just to calm him a little bit, and. Geordie's kind of trying to explain to to Picard what actually happened because he he noticed the kind of electrical thing mm. happened to Worf. So he's trying to explain it to Picard and Riker and Yar. That's right. Now they go and visit the other delegates and there's been some confusion. And this is where we're talking about the food because interestingly enough, in the world building of this, I quite liked this. This is what Josh was talking about here. We learn that humans no longer enslave animals for food purposes. And then, the, you know, the delegates are kind of like, this is barbaric. You know, they don't, they don't, they can't understand what this means. And they've got like this thing, the replicator, like you said, that seems to kind of like, it replicates the the kind of taste of meat, but it's not. It's not. It's very interesting. 
It was an interesting little piece of well-being. And, and now I thought it was just a, um, a throwaway thing, but you, you're now s- seeming to indicate that this is something that comes up more in, in uh, TNG. Oh, it's a staple, total staple really? of, of Star Trek from, from here on out. I don't even know if mm-hmm. it's necessarily... I don't think it's really in the original series. Mm-hmm. It might be something similar to it, but yeah, essentially what the replicator is, Indigo, and for people that like are not sure... Mm. It's like a device that constructs objects like molecule by molecule, like instantaneously. It's it's meant to be the same sort of technology as the as the transporter, essentially. Oh, interesting. But instead of transporting one thing to another place and copying it exactly, it will take like um a bunch of raw matter and reconstruct it into whatever you need, mm-hmm. whether it's food or or clothing. It it happen, It comes up a lot. Gotcha. TNG. Oh, that's cool. So that's a really good, you know, actually an interesting way to introduce the technology mm. through like Riker almost. I mean, he's a little bit judgmental. I yeah, guess, he's a little bit of, short. Of the he's a little bit short. He's with a bit them. short, isn't he? Mm, yeah, a I thought rude, that. Rude, the old Riker. A little bit insensitive. Yeah, he's but, kind uh, of almost in a way like a little bit above them in the way that he kind of goes. We don't. We don't. Uh, use we don't need slave animals anymore for food can say, purposes can i say people Riker? Mm. oh he was um he he hit hard in this one i feel mm. Mm. he was pretty um i was i was kind of really impressed with uh with uh his character mm. in uh, this story i think yeah 100%. a lot of um a lot of conviction mm. i think I, I, you feel from him mm-hmm. especially uh later on which we'll get to yep he was really so, yeah, good so, in the uh, story. You know what's another, another funny thing, Brian? I don't know if you picked up on this. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what when exactly it happens. Yep. But like Wesley getting like really excited when his mum is like showing interest in like his like homework. Yeah. And, like talking about like warp theory and stuff. Yep. And it's just so like so funny, man. Like Yeah, like, she she's more nerd, interested bro. than uh and there's a reason that she's obviously interested exactly. because what happens is exactly. Beverly is attacked by the same energy source that we saw attack Worf. She's almost in a way, yeah, from, yeah it transfers yeah. and she's almost possessed in a way. And it's passed between Worf at this point to Beverly and then way back on the bridge for a bit and Picard, you know, goes, let's, let's, let's switch to warp, what warp eight. And then that's where we're in with Beverly um, speaking with Wes. And like Josh said, he's kind of doing his homework. She's showing a very keen interest. She's trying to almost learn the the entity or the the energy inside her. She's almost trying to learn. And I actually thought it was quite an unsettling little scene, to be honest. I thought it was a well-set-up kind of thing to go, oh, this, this new life form or whatever it is, is finding its way around the Enterprise and it's beginning to learn. And I quite, quite enjoyed this at this point and then she goes to the bridge this is beverly of course and mm. there's a moment where it kind of feels a bit strange, like yeah, yeah acting a bit strange it feels like picard might potentially sense at this point that something is a little bit wrong that's kind of the vibe that you get that he's like what are you doing here why aren't you performing it like down in the she, he's kind of just sussing her out a little bit but doesn't think too much of it and then the energy source leaves her on the bridge and then malfunctions now begin happening on the Enterprise. It's it's like in the system itself almost at this point. And Picard doesn't know what's going on. So, so he holds a meeting with heads of departments trying to figure out what is going on. Mm. Right. Mm. Mm. And I quite like this, seeing Picard go to these kind of lengths where he's kind of just figuring out, like, he's getting a, a load of people together to try and understand what's going on, and he wants an outcome provided by the time mm. they arrive with the delegates. They're kind of on time pressure at this point to make sure everything goes, you know, nothing goes astray. And Riker, after this, has an interesting encounter, and he confiscates one of the delegate's weapons mm, in the corridor. Scene. That's a great Actually, scene. Actually, really great scene. We see Yar and Riker really mm. being f- quite firm without obviously raising their voice, it, but it's in a way that's like oh, very um, diplomatically firm, I guess. Yeah. Giving, but, them, mm-hmm. giving, them, like, giving them leeway, mm. understanding that, okay, like 
it's it's a killing. It's it's a ceremonial weapon. Mm. It is to kill to kill their their meat, mm-hmm. and they essentially say, "Look, you guys are." You guys are like a warring race. Mm. We're not. We're not going to let you guys. You know, you're not allowed to have weapons on the ship. Mm-hmm. Like you're meant to be delegates, and they confiscate it because mm. they initially think they suspect that one of um that that some of the the, the malfunctions might be the work of um one either the Salais or the Anticans, mm-hmm. don't they, Andy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what happens is all the sound system like of on the on the on the Enterprise go out. So what Picard does is he holds a private meeting this time. So before mm. it was with the heads of department. Mm. Now he holds it with Riker and Data. And I mm. really like it when he, this kind of thing happens where, like, you get to see, like, who are the top kind of, like, who, who the, are the... Yeah, the, the who, inner sanctum. Yeah, who are the yeah. inner sanctum? Who are the people that, like, someone like Picard, the mm. captain, trusts the most that he's going to hold to? True. Because what that's comes... That's a detail. That's a, that's a nice detail. It's a really yeah. nice detail. And it's something that, like, when in shows like this, I really love it when you get to see, mm. like what the hierarchy is like if mm. at the end at the end of everything it's like in it's like you know I'll, I'll i'll make another it's like in harry potter i always enjoyed when you'd have scenes like and i've read the books of course but i'm just going to refer to the movies here in particular like where where dumbledore isn't sure what happened with the goblet of fire for instance and you mm. get to see the people he trusts the most like snape McGonagall, mm, even though exactly. even like and he's and he's kind of plotting like you know Matt yeah. Moody's in the room like who like someone mm. did this who did it like and I, I always find it interesting when you get to see the inner sanctum of these powerful characters I love that. You, you you really see the dynamic you know you see who they really slightly, at the yeah. end of everything who do they absolutely trust the most so Riker he would trust mm. he's his first officer and then Data essentially is an android yeah so he 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 has to be loyal by nature, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. and trustworthy. But, yeah, I do like that. I, I really enjoy that detail. Mm. I guess also the situation's quite delicate, you know, with the delegates on 100%. On board. And so there's a little they're bit on, of tension know. going around in general, but what, what they're doing, right? Because at this point now what we've got is the ship was playing up earlier. Sound's gone now. You know, we're under pressure to get these delegates to parliament right now what happens in the conversation is amongst the three of them it's determined that there's a saboteur aboard and it's interesting because could be one of the crew well why would they do that but likely like josh said before it's one of the delegates and that is what they kind of come to a potential conclusion yeah, it might be one of the delegates, and Picard makes a reference at this point to Sherlock Holmes, which just without anything else, I thought was really cool to mm-hmm. see that those stories haven't been lost to time. That's mm, that yeah, was there's a, there's a reverence, I, mm, a reverence for for classic liter- literature all over Star Trek, which I it's, I it's love such that. A cool, That's yeah. really cool. Like because I always wonder, like things like that, would they get lost to time? Would they outlast eternity? Like pages in a book, you know, and ideas and fundamental, mm. you know, novels that shaped the way that literature, you know, could be done. Like, did, do do they outlast time itself? And to see here that at least four hundred years or however long in the future we are, like, it's just cool to see that Sherlock Holmes is still getting referenced aboard. You know, the Enterprise way out in the cosmos somewhere. That's mm. just really cool. I guess one critique somebody could have, yep. with the mystery of there is there a saboteur on board mm-hmm. from the character's perspective. That is a mystery, mm. and they're not they're not sure. But from the audience perspective, we've already seen this um, energy thing being transferred from Worf mm. to, mm-hmm. to 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 Crusher. So we know that it's not it's likely not a saboteur. But I guess you could argue: do they do do you know? Could it be the delegates that have corrupted? Uh, Worf and Crusher, like is that is that what the logic is behind this plot point, mm-hmm. Indy? Um, well, I think for me that I I assumed at one point, oh, the twist will be that like it's one of the delegates, and I think that mm. it tries to lure you into that sense of 
Um, but then, but then in saying that though, for but way up and like way before that, um, I had personally gone, oh no, I think that it's like, it's to do with that, like energy cloud they passed through at some kind of it's yeah. something external on the ship. So it was only a fleeting moment that I considered maybe, oh, maybe the twist will be that it's one of the delegates, but Definitely, from a from a narrative standpoint, from the way that's been written, it it definitely puts you as the audience member ahead of the characters, which sometimes mm. can work really well. I think it works fine here. I think that now that you've said it, and I hadn't even really thought of it to be honest, but now that you've mentioned it, it could have been potentially it would it well it definitely would have built more tension if it had kept us in the dark along with the characters and made us wonder is it something is it is it one of the delegates is it i mean i something like this i i think with, with things that are so that, are, that, that when when there's so much tension on board and pending what the outcome is of these delegates kind of meeting it could have been interesting if if you know, they really played with the idea of potentially an actual member of Enterprise wanting to sabotage mm. it for their own means, pending what the actual delegation was even going to entail and what it could, what the outcome could be. Like, could someone on board have an, have their own agenda where, they, where it could be one of their own amongst them? I'm not sure. That might just not be what this story wanted to do, though. And... You know, I, I I still think that the how it all plays out with the with this energy, it's just one step ahead of them at all times. And I like well, we'll talk more about the ending because there's some really interesting stuff to go into with the ending of how it all comes together. Because it really, to me, by the end of it, felt like it could have got a whole lot worse if the en- if if the energy or the entity kind of thing wanted it to but it was actually kind of in a way at the end passive so that i thought i really liked that actually so what we do we do we we're we're introduced to yet again another engineering officer who has one episode and he dies essentially <laughs> mr singh mm. yeah um yeah well that was interesting wasn't it because i i did wonder if that was another, if that was one of the officers that we'd been introduced to before, that you were saying, oh, they never show up again, and I was wondering by the end of it, oh, is the officer that Josh always wondered what happened to him? Is it because he died in this story? But you're saying this is a different engineering officer. The engineering officer from I thought this was the one from the, the Naked Now. The episode mm. before this one, right? The where no one has gone before. I mm. can't remember his name. The 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 guy with the beard. Who's skeptical of Kaczynski? Mm. You know, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. But I, I wondered if this was the off the engineering officer that 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 so easily lets Wesley into no. the engineering room in in the naked now. Is this not him? No, that that was another guy. God, no, that was so another guy as well. Engin- there's like they they they're like they're bloody uh they they there's heaps of them, mate. They're like they're is like this, ants. Is this is this a meme? Because isn't there like a Star Trek red shirt meme or something? Yeah, it's kind of a similar thing, I guess. Where it's like, how many fucking engineers do you need to go through before eventually Geordie becomes the chief engineer? Like, and it just stays that way. That's you know? so funny. Because because mm, so can you explain the Star Trek red shirt while we're talking about it? So in the original series, like Kirk. Spock and McCoy, they're, they're the big three of the series. So, he's, so Kirk is the captain, Spock is the first officer and science um, officer as well. Mm. And McCoy is the head doctor. And they would always beam down to the planet, like in every episode, whenever they would need to like beam down to like uh, the surface of the planet mm. for whatever reason, you know, and they'd always go down with a fourth unnamed person mm-hmm. obviously just to be cannon fodder for whatever monster is down there just sort of so so the writers can kill someone off and to show how powerful the alien is okay mm. and they would always wear a red shirt for some fucking reason that's so funny usually i think red red shirt means security like that's that's the rank there's sec- like a security 
officer. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, it would always be the main three and the fourth nobody essentially, and they'd be fucking vaporized in the first like twenty <laughs> seconds of landing <laughs> on the planet. I love and it's that. just like it's just they just burn through these motherfuckers on the on the ship. I it's love just that. So funny, mate. That's so. Yeah, funny. yeah, they just they're just so so funny, man. I guess TNG has a similar thing in in season one where it's just. Jesus, like are they all? In, are these ones I'm, all in yellow shirts? Well, it seems like because he because this one was in a yellow shirt. And I feel like the one in the naked now is yeah. in a yellow shirt. Is it? So this is almost the yellow shirt. Yeah. Well. In, in, yeah. I mean, on some wrong. I'm trying to think of the ranks. I think the rank. I'm not sure if the actual. Hmm. I'm not sure if the colours in TNG um, represent a specific rank or not. Mm. I'm not sure now. Because they have the little um, pins on on their collar, if you've noticed, the little circular yeah. dots. Yep. And the the more you have of those, the higher rank you are, essentially. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he dies. He gets electrocuted. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we cut back to Data smoking a pipe. This is right? so good. I love this stuff. I honestly love God. this stuff. It's great, mate. Like, I loved it. Like, it's so. This was a really great data episode, I thought. You mm. know, like the lower tier officer is attacked, like by the same energy. War finds him. It's the, the, you know the guy in engineering. He's dead. Um, uh, I it it's it's like up until like at this point you're kind of thinking, oh, is this like thing malevolent, and. We will learn that it's not actually that this was an accident, but it's just interesting. It's like it does build the tension up, and then, like, Yar at one point's questioning the delegates to determine their whereabouts at the time of death, because now like they're really ramping things up. They think that maybe it is one of the delegates. They're trying to figure it out. Data's properly playing Sherlock, like you just said, with a pipe. He studied Sherlock at this point. Is now he's and it's not just the pipe. The he's full. Yeah, it's not just the pipe. He's full on. He's got the Sherlock playing cat. Sherlock. Yeah, it's great. The Sherlock cat. He's he's he's, he's saying Sherlock the Holmes. idioms. He's saying he's he's he's. It's pulled straight from the pages. Mm, yeah, he's yeah. Embodied he's, it. He's, so he's, funny. he's he's saying like he's actually saying dialogue straight out of Sherlock Holmes. Like and. <laughs> at one point, you know, a comment's made and he goes, oh, how do you know this or whatever? And then, like, I think it's Riker or whatever, and he turns and he goes, it's elementary, my dear Riker. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. it's really good, you know? And then Troy. Like new, he's like a kid with a new obsession. That's how I, so like, described cool. it to myself. You yeah, know? it's like he's, like, found something and he's locked onto it and he's going to learn everything he can about it. And because he's an android, he can really take that to a different level. So... After that, Troy um, puts Beverly under hypnosis. Yeah. Because Troy was actually in the room, like, after that initial kind of transfer happened from Worf to Beverly. And so Troy kind of goes, oh, let me put her under hypnosis. uh, hypnosis." And she does it to understand what happened to Beverly when she was with Worf to try and understand what's going on. And... Beverly mentions that she felt another presence, right? Mm. And that's interesting because now we're starting to kind of like, now other characters are catching up to what we already uh, knew as audience members. They're starting to kind of understand or get, mm. a, get a bigger grasp of what's going on because up until this point, everyone's been in, in the dark about what the hell's going on. Um, but we- Got to tell you, mm. I was pretty bummed that we didn't see Worf under hypnosis <laughs> yeah true he was yeah. sitting there and it's like and then she she cuts so she finishes with mm. beverly and then she turns to wharf and and um she says exactly like what you described wharf i'm like mm. fuck i wish i saw like wharf just 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 the hypnosis it's just a weird desire that i had but yeah yeah just to see him on, that's funny um picard picard is short he's short with data again and gets him to remove the Sherlock pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Let's proceed without the pipe, did Mister Data. And then we get like the uh, the whole, you know, um, 
whatever remains must be the truth kind of quote when mm. you eliminate the impossible whatever remains however improbable must be the truth quote which is a classic classic um sherlock holmes quote from the hounds of baskerville i think is the story that it's from but yeah we get that quote from from data pretty like pretty much word for word um which i loved i just i just love this i love this whole thing with like i can't really can say any more how much i just enjoyed the whole thread of him as sherlock so to know to hear from you now that this is not something that's exclusive to this episode is a joy to hear um picard let's talk about where things take a turn towards the back end of this episode picard is possessed as the power starts dropping and geordie kind of thinks he caught something he thinks something's not right thinks something's wrong but picard is like no no nothing's wrong and look everything reads fine geordie like what are you talking about and kind of gaslights him a little bit and then he orders that they double back on their course and now people are like what like what are, you, what are you talking about we need to get the delegate and something is just definitely not right so Riker and the bridge they're now challenging Picard Picard like Patrick Stewart he's very uh subtle but menacing you know he doesn't have to raise his voice to be powerful and then we get the two delegates coming face to face with each other and fighting I'll say that the delegate storyline for the f- is it there simply as a red herring to try and lure us into believing? Because it's felt. a very odd, I like... It, yeah, mm. they pretty much stay in their respective quarters and we don't see... We don't well, learn well, much more about yeah, them. Yeah, unless they, like... Unless this race becomes important later on or these two delegate races become important to Star Trek TNG later or if this, this is a storyline that's going to come back... It was just interesting because if it's if it's there as a red herring, then okay, I guess maybe it could be, but it doesn't do a great job of making you actually buy into that red herring because you've seen yeah. the whole cloud energy stuff at the beginning. So yeah, I, that's something mm. again. I think that it probably could have either done without or have them more involved in the plot to where you might suspect that is this are they, are they is this their doing exactly are they, are they sabotaging the ship and are if they you're trying not going to do up? that like, if you're not if mm. you if you're deciding to go no we're not going to we're not going to have you buy into them maybe being behind it one of them being behind it then you do have to then go well at least give them some kind of a narrative purpose that, that serves the greater Correct. story that's going on because it just feels a little bit like by the end of it that you've had fun with them in the moments they're in, like when they're fighting each other, the two delegates, but nothing's really kind of actually coming of it, I suppose. It just felt a little bit like random by the end of it, I, th- mm. I thought, in retrospective mm. or in hindsight. Um, Troy believes back on the bridge that Picard has become dangerous and they and the delegates the mutiny. Oh yeah, you true. Go. So it's not the delegates. Sorry, the senior. So the senior officers mm. meet mm. in private to yeah. discuss, like what we talked about mm-hmm. earlier on. Yep, the legality of mutiny. Mm, can like, they actually go can they through do it? With this? Like, is it something that they can do? He's Picard hasn't. He's he's acting strange, but that's not really basis to. To break federation law and and no, this is this is all the senior officers. Prop, he's not he's not putting. He, I think Riker or or I think Riker says, mm. you know, he hasn't put any of us in danger. You know, mm. he's, you know, we can't. It's not really basis to do you it. You know, to to remove him from from power. Mm. So they assess that okay, we only under like the, um. The medical officers, the senior medical officers, medical advice, can they remove um, the captain? Mm. So, they, they come up with a plan that they want, you know, they would, they want Picard to do a, um, like, a psychiatric analysis mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. with, with uh, Dr. Crusher. Yeah. 
and it doesn't quite uh doesn't quite turn out that 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 like the best, does it? No, well Beverly requests she does go and request um to perform medical examinations on Picard and Riker because it's not going well. He shuts that down. Riker advises that it's essentially his duty that he had that this must happen as he believes that Picard may be under alien influence, like external alien influence. And Picard swings this around and says, I order psychiatric exams for the two of you and the senior officers as well. Um, going, I believe that you're, you know, overworked and this and that. And he then go, he, he then goes, look, I'll call security if I need to, to get you out and, um, make sure you follow my orders. So it really doesn't kind of go down too well for them. Picard or the, the entity within is still very much in control of, of, of the events, right? And then the delegates make a go at Riker. They're lying in wait for the other delegates and Riker catches them and Beverly is then alone in a scene okay with Picard and she does nothing really but just ask whatever's inside to, to reveal itself and it does mm. it does uh, to her and her alone and they approach the energy cloud from the beginning, or whatever you would like to call it. And um, I think it's Riker who says, hold us within like 10,000 kilometers from it. Which, when I was listening to it, I'm like, God, oh, it's so funny like hearing them talk like that because 10,000 kilometers is so fucking far. Yeah, yeah. But like, he's essentially just going, oh, just get within 10,000 kilometers and just hold us. And I'm like, it's so funny that to him that the speed that they're going or the speed that they could go 10,000 kilometers is like okay just pause like we're in distance now like that's how close it is mm. kind of gives you a really good idea of just how crazy these starships are and how large like a sense of the scale of how mm. large mm. these you know, astronomical objects are like this energy cloud must be must be huge, like many times bigger than the Earth. I mm. guess. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I like all that kind of stuff when I hear that that kind of thing because it gives me a sense of scale to me of like mm. just just how fast things can go, how big things are. Picard makes an announcement to the bridge, saying that an entity was scooped up. And it's essentially making a confession, I suppose, going from person to person, and it's going. I, I, it was begging for for you for help, all of you. They've been, it's been taken from its home, uh, of its own free will, I suppose. It's now found a way to get the Enterprise back around to take it home, and it apologizes for what was, we find out, an accidental death of the engineer. So not malevolent. And I like that things are a little bit grey in Star Trek. I, I, I've appreciated this for f as just something that Star Trek seems, at least for this first season, to be doing, which is just the show can be morally grey. Not everything's mm. black and white. Like, it didn't mean to kill someone. And uh, I don't know. I kind of enjoy that, like, as opposed to, like, a, a flat-out monster of the week villain that's just, like... I don't mind that every now and then. Doctor Who does it all the time, right? But I also enjoy the stories where it's not just a flat-out, you know, I'm here to destroy the Enterprise, Picard. Mm. Like, it's, it didn't mean to do it, and uh, it wanted to, it was taken of its own, you know, free will, and it essentially just found its way back, and it didn't know how to communicate what it wanted, so it kind of hopped between people, and people probably didn't interpret what it was saying. It was asking for help, and it didn't get it, so it found a way to get into the computers, and, and, and it... And it Got it back to its own, to its home on its own accord, essentially. And at this point, it's merged with Picard. So it's almost something you mentioned in another Star Trek. It's kind of, in a way, a new entity in itself because now it's 
you don't know where the this new entity's thoughts end and Picard's thoughts begin. And you kind mm. of wonder, does Picard himself want to go out into space as this new thing? And it the 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 episode doesn't quite give you those answers, really. It it infers that they're almost at one now with each other in a way, and like I couldn't tell where his thoughts, where one's thoughts ended and where another began, and I actually thought that was quite interesting that it doesn't give you those answers quite clearly. So, it's combined so with energy. Wants to, Picard wants to mm. go out into the energy cloud. And yeah, the, he's they, they try and with stop him. Pattern. So it's too the, the, the bridge. Mm. The bridge try and stop him. Yep. And we have a pretty funny sequence where Picard uh, like electrocutes the shit out of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, they they're sitting there like, no, don't don't go, Do don't this. go, Captain, please, are you in there, Captain? While well, they're like they're like just covered in like a blue lightning, like they're the Emperor from. <laughs> from, from from uh like from Revenge of the, the Sith, Jedi Revenge of the Sith, yeah. So funny. And then so Picard forces his way down to the mm. transporter room. Mm. Um he transports himself into space and essentially mm. <laughs> they assume he's dead. Yeah, they mention just they, like just like that. Yeah, the, the, there's yeah. a there's a mentioning there of like a resignation from Starfleet prepared. Mm. And that's mm. when the that's when, like you said, the electrifying happens. The whole bridge is yeah. properly palpatined, and then, yeah. um, and then the uh, the energy captain. That's what I've called him here in my notes. The energy captain, the merged captain, the energy captain beams out, and an hour passes from what we've seen. A whole hour goes by, and what happens is an hour has gone. Now I don't know how long they've all been together or traveling or whatever. Cause, oh, actually, it, it's just I guess it's I. Between episode one, where we see them go on their first kind of like, you know, voyage, maiden voyage with the Enterprise, and to now, which is episode six, I think it is, how many unseen adventures do you think they've been? Like, for instance, since Reich has been the co-captain alongside Picard, how many adventures unseen between episodes one and six have there been for an hour to pass, and then Riker to say, look, we've waited an hour, uh... We need to go to Parliament. Let's go. Let's. Mm. He's dead. Like, like, how many unseen adventures, or is this still fairly yeah. new for everyone? I think at this it's, point? there's a, there's a line in the episode where mm. Picard says the ship is barely six months out of space dock. Mm. How come it's there already? You go. I how come that. it's? It shouldn't not be. He does. Up he like does this. say that. He does say that. You're so exactly yeah, I, right. I'm actually. assuming it's six months since um, mm. the the pilot that we watched. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, he, look, I guess that's 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 his call. He had to make a call. And he declares, look, he's out there. There's no way. And then Troy advises that she thinks the captain's still out there. Or no, she does say it. I don't think she even says think. I think she's like, no, he's still out there, but he's just Picard now and he's alone and he's out there. And then Data thinks that there's a way that they can get Picard to beam back the same way that he left if they can properly locate him. So Troy searches her mind, Riker gets them to bring the ship right to the edge of the cloud, and Troy can sense something. And Picard gets a message to them by like he like kind of like electrifies the like control panel with a P, I think. Like <laughs> yeah. to, to kind of be like, it's me, it's Picard. P you know what I mean? Picard. Like and then <laughs> and then like he's in the ship circuitry essentially, and then and then it leads to him being beamed back to the ship, very confused, doesn't know what the hell is going on. Now all hell is breaking loose. By the way, at this point, uh, it looks like one of the delegates has killed the yeah. other delegate members. Actually, right? and, and and it's played <laughs> off like a joke. But that's what I, I actually kind it's, of and went, it's like a comedic it's like a comedic ending, and it just ends after that. It's bizarre. It's like, it's, it's yeah. such a funny ending because it's like. The whole beeline plot that we've been watching unfold where delegates like are trying to like attack other delegates finally has a, a payoff where Picard's gone for an hour, cannot remember what the fuck's happened. Now it turns out that one of the delegates, after everything they were trying to do to get the delegates back to this to Parliament, 
one mm. of them has actually killed the other, maybe eaten the other or something like that. Yeah. And then all hell's broken loose and Picard goes, I need a rest. Riker, yeah. you're in charge. And then the end, ending's like, dun, 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 Riker, you're in charge. Like, like yeah. you know, yeah. like, deal with it, Riker. And then dun, 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 go to sleep. It's like such a little yeah, cozy Riker, like, rolls his, rolls his eyes yeah. and it's like, yeah, like, rolls his dude, eyes like, and it's like, oh, it's like, God, he's back. That's dead, how, There's a dead delegate. <laughs> that's dead our delegate captain, you know. That's so Picard. <laughs> like, and then yeah, it's, like, just a funny ending. it's just a yeah. really camp funny a light-hearted episode light-hearted yeah, episode a light-hearted really. episode you know, a nice little fun ending to what was a a bizarre kind of random b plot that i just but i didn't mind it and then like you know uh um data as as sherlock throughout was fun mm. not a lot of, not a lot of wesley in this not one. a lot of wesley not a lot of wesley not a good thing not a good thing or a bad thing just just something to note to wolf know. kind of drops off after after his after like the, after you know his, his kind of thing at the start um yeah he drops yeah. off um and yeah, we have Geordie's not there like, much. Um, we have the the beginning of something beautiful with Data. It's Sherlock, really a Data which, story for me. Which it's really, yeah, it's really cool, mate. Yeah, it's really a Data story. And then Patrick Stewart, of course, is just great as the as the possessed like energy captain, as I like to call him. But it, it, overall, a fun story. Probably just in terms of just how much fun I had with it, and from start to finish, my intrigue of the story even with the B-plot that was a little bit random, up until I saw how it all worked and went, oh, it's a little bit random, I just enjoyed the story from start to finish. I would say Mm. probably consistently the most enjoyable story of season one that we've Mm. seen. And and easily, like if you're looking at a character whose story this kind of is, Data kind of owns this story. He's the one that has the shining kind of moments character-wise. Um, Definitely, and yeah, really keen to see how that all plays out in the future. Um, so, what what rating would you give it? Ah, uh, it's a it's an easy Thunderbird two, like it, yeah. it's it's easily a Thunderbird two for me. It doesn't. Yeah. There's not even a question of three. It's just straight to two. Yeah, it's a easily. strong two. It's not a one. I say yeah. I, I, true, I feel like true. I'm, I'm going to know when I see a yeah. A hold it off. Star Trek, hold off, and I'll continue to hold off until I go. Oh, there it is. But it's this easily a, a strong yeah. two, and easily my yeah. personal favorite of the series so Definitely. far. Firm what, two, mm. first firm Thunderbird two. Would you say Maybe it's your like favorite of the series so far? Pro- yeah, hundred percent. Yep. I think. Yep. Uh, uh, it. it Really good. Yeah, it lays it lays some serious groundwork for things to come, and it's not it's not perfect. It's not deep, or it's not like mm. thought provoking. It's just a bit of a romp. Yep. Get you know, I'd say comfortable Thunderbird two, mm. even upper 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 Thunderbird I, two. I think it is. I think it's. I I'd think it's say, like the. I think it's the top kind of like echelon of uh, Thunderbird yeah, two I'm, for me. It's very you know, not not close to not really not super close to Thunderbird one, but higher than 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 Thunderbird. Two point five. Yep, I'd say yep. it's 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 kind of it's up there. It's up, it's up there. there. It's close. It's close. So close it seems like one. we're both we're both kind of um, resign. Oh, we 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 we're down to the fact that it's a Thunderbird two. I like that. We're both kind of finding that that's where we've it's landed for us in a comfortable comfortable Thunderbird two position. Um, it's our favorite of the season, both of us. Was it weird to watch this story, like like not having seen it? Was it interesting to see characters? Is it, is it like watching a lost story mm. where you see characters doing things and saying things you've never seen them say and it feels like you've... I guess it depends on how much you, Josh, have seen of Star Trek TNG. Like, have you... Yeah. Like, percentage-wise out of 100, how much do you think you've seen of the total of Star Trek The Next Generation? It's kind of hard because I've seen... Most, I've seen all the like the famous stories, mm. and then I've seen enough of the rest in bits and pieces here and there, mm. not in not in full. So it's like I'm familiar with most of the stories, mm-hmm. just not like I haven't. I've never watched them from like beginning to end, like from season one till the end. So it's kind of hard to put a number on. There's going to be a few that come. Are there up. nine seasons? There are. I think there's no. I think there's seven. Seven, seven seasons. Um. Yeah, there there are going to be, especially in season one, there's going to be heaps that come up that I just haven't seen before. Gotcha. Yep. No, I really liked it. We saw Star Trek TNG today in JB Hi-Fi. 
is oh, a store here cool, in Australia mate. if anyone's international listening. And I saw the whole box set and I was like, oh, goodness me. I kind of want to pick this up. Like the ho- It was so thick, this big. Was that a Blu-ray box. or a DVD? It, it, was a, it was a DVD and that was one of the reasons that I, well, I didn't really, I wasn't going to buy it then there to be honest. But I was looking at it going, oh, if that was the Blu-ray, I'd be seriously tempted. But it was just the DVD, which I love Blu-ray DVD because be cool. it's just, mm. it's, DVDs are retro. But the Blu-ray... Oh, goodness me. But really cool. And and I'm really liking it, to be honest. I'm really enjoying... Part of me, Thunder Nerds, is like, do I just binge this series and then continue to write my notes down and then, you know, record these retrospectives each week because I'm just enjoying it? But I kind of like limiting myself to, like, having to wait Um to watch one a week because it becomes an exciting like it becomes like a thing where i'm like oh it's this time of the week where i get to sit down and like just watch an episode of star trek the next generation you know because part of me is like yeah do you you binge they're just good you know they're just good i mean if you were to do it another way like you could record and like do like just Mm. off the off the cuff as you're watching comment on the episodes and you could do like multiple Mm. back to back but Yep. It's just there. There's something about being a little bit patient, mm. waiting for it to come around as if it as if as if you, were you have to around wait back then. Like a week. But just like you would have thing, when think in, about when this, series airing, you know? Think about this. So if you're watching one episode a week, mm. you're almost like you have and, to- and there's seven seasons. Mm. You're almost like I mean, obviously they had season breaks back then, mm-hmm. but you'd have to think it would take a few years to get through the whole series. Oh, yeah. One, one episode a week. Absolutely. I think the beauty of of watching one a week is that because you're not because you're not gorging yourself on it, you and it's the same it's actually it's the same with the Doctor Who retrospective as well, people. Like doesn't matter if it's Star Trek, doesn't matter if it's Doctor Who, because you're limiting yourself to one episode a week, unless we're, you know, bulking them for you guys to, to, to try and just put some content together. Like, what I'm liking is you have to, it, it, give, it, it then forces you to mine everything you can from the story. Because you mm. you're not you're not gorging yourself on it and going oh like no. what episodes what I forget which what did that happen in that episode or did that happen in that you're you're remembering moment to moment like mm. and you're having to you're having to like salivate over over that 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 forty five minutes that you got to watch that week and I feel like you get more out of it or I'm getting more out of like because I've watched all the Doctor Who's countless times. But I feel like this watch through of even series one of Doctor Who has been for me. I'm just picking up on things I never saw before. Maybe that's just because yeah, I'm also you watch watching stuff it without my phone. When as you well, rewatch, yeah, like usually when you're rewatching mm. things, you've seen it before, you're you're familiar with it, and you kind of put it on in the background. You're not really watching yeah, it. You know, you we know do. what it's like. We know what it's like, people. You're you're watching mm. shit on YouTube. You put Doctor Who on in the background. You're doing. You're fucking. Who knows what you're doing? Playing Rocket League. Who, who the fuck knows? Who right? knows? Yeah. Um, and then and, and then, then it's just you're not really noise. watching. It's white noise, mm-hmm. isn't it? But when you actually go, hang on. Let me put my phone down for 45 minutes. Let me watch Doctor Who. Let me watch Star Trek. You're watching it for the first time again. You're watching it for the first time again for something like Doctor Who, and then for something like Star Trek. Well, I'm just I'm opening my my radar and my scope to something I've never watched before that I've always, you know, gone, oh, I'll watch Star Trek one day. Because I think you do that, don't you? You fall into the um, oh, the thing so of going, oh, watch, I'll just, I'll watch you know? this one day. But th- what I'm liking about the podcast is that it's uh, allowing me to actually follow up on those things and go, I'm, mm. I'm allocating myself time and I will do it. And I'm enjoying mm. Star Trek and I look forward to there's so many things like I've I've started watching away from away from this obviously off mic, um, but I've mentioned before I've started watching X Files. I've stopped recently because I've been a little bit busy, but I've, I was enjoying that. There's a lot of series that I'd love to watch. I'd love to watch Red Blake Dwarf, Seven. We've Blake talked Seven, about. I've we've talked about Blake Seven. Yeah, um, Space there's, 1999 there's, or whatever. Like yeah, there, there's there's l- lost limitless. in lost in space. Yeah, there, there's. 
countless series you can we can uh, dive mm. into and mm. f- like specific films that you know I want us to watch. Mm. And you know, we're open. We're open ears. We're all ears. Open Thunderbirds. Ears, yeah. If you, open if, for if it you all. say, "Hey, hey, Indy Josh, you guys got to fucking watch. You got to check this Santa- out." Watch Santa Claus Conquers the Martians for Christmas. 100% you know, watch, watch, watch this, watch that. Know. Like, just fucking tell us, and we'll, 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 we'll gorge. What we'll, I might we'll do gorge. as well, people. Now that now that we've actually talked about this, I haven't really thought about this. But what I might do. This is you're hearing this live. Well, not live, but uh, this live thought. I might set up a exclusive email for the podcast where you can email us in questions. We might add a Q&A kind of section to the podcast. You, can, you might be able to email us questions, email us some queries. We might do a section uh, of, the, of the podcast every week if we get any, with, um, you know, DMs, essentially. We might call it something like that where we, we answer your questions or... If you've got observations to make, if you're watching along at all with these retrospectives, if there's things you'd want to mention or 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 course correct us on, feel free. Like if, if we make Admonish a mistake, us, if we please correct a, a us, point, correct us. Get get <sighs> just, in there, Thunder Nerds. Be kind, you please know, be, be kind. kind. But uh, jump in and say, hey, you really need to be fact checked, my friend. Please, I would love that. You know, jump in and if you've got some thoughts on our stories that we're doing retrospectives on. What are your what are your brief summations of these stories, be it Star Trek or Doctor Who that we're going through? Are there things that you are looking forward to us seeing? But no spoilers, you know. That could be exciting. I might set something like that. If I do, I'll um, I'll put it in the podcast here in one of these episodes. Maybe, so we may we know. may we may maybe launch exciting. a may launch maybe we'll launch an Instagram or something. Yeah, we, that's maybe. all on the cards. We've got we've got Instagram uh, on the horizon, people. We've got YouTube on the horizon. We've got TikTok on the horizon. All different little lines of thinking of how we might get some content out to you guys to uh to uh salivate over and um yeah, let's keep it up. I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Um, Josh, do you know anything about the next Star Trek episode? Because if you don't, there's no no. I I can I might bring it up right now on Netflix. And I will tell us the uh, the episode title. I'm bringing it up as we speak. Actually, shall I tell you what it is? I um, I can't. I don't think. I don't think I if I remember if you said mm. last week. I'm not sure. Let me have no. a look. I'm gonna have a look. I'm talking now about Star Trek. I'm going to um bring it up myself. Are you ready for this? So, yeah. uh. The episode is, just bringing Star Trek, episode seven of The Next Generation. Mm. It's called, actually, I do recall the title of this one because I saw it come up when it auto-played to the next episode and I had to pause it. It's called Justice. And I'm, Justice. And I'm going to read the the uh, the Netflix uh, synopsis. They're, they're very short and sweet, these Netflix synopsises. Here we go. Justice reads, just as a little teaser for us all, I don't know if you, and for a teaser for you, Josh, in case you haven't seen it, after dropping off some colonists in a nearby system, the crew visits a world of beautiful, healthy, and tanned human-looking people. Oh, my God. I have seen this. Oh, my. Can you give us a little teaser? This is a funny fucking episode. Really? This is a proper Wesley-centric episode, and I mean that. Is it really? This this is a goodie, mate. Oh. I, I think I've watched it recently as well, and oh. it's a fucking romp, mate. Oh no! Really? I forgot the name. I forgot the name of it. But when you said "beautiful tan looking people," I was like, "Oh my god!" So you know, you that know one, you because I just saw like the little autoplay thing of Netflix oh. just while I was reading it to you. The little autoplay thing also happened, so I saw a little bit of the episode. It looks like it's like starts on like a jungle planet or something outdoors. Interesting. It's great, mate. Goody. Oh, that's exciting. That's really exciting. Now I've got myself hyped. A Wesley episode. It's got like something. It's it's Star Trek. It's Star Trek Next Generation Season 1 stuff. That's what we want. We want... I want to see peak... Have we reached the peak of Season 1 yet? Or are we not yet? Are we still on the incline? That's what I want to know. Like, I want to see absolute peak Season 1 Star Trek. 
I think I think we're gonna get it soon, mate. It's it's oh, it's exciting, it's fucking funny, bro. Funny. That's exciting. I so we leave it there for now, people. If you're liking the podcast, as always, please give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Follow us for uh, notifications so you can be notified whenever new podcasts drop. Be it the Doctor Who retrospective, the Doctor Who wrap ups, the Star Trek retrospectives, anything else in between that we do, it's all over the place here. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Don't know what order you're going to get it in, what order we're going to record it in, um, but it's been good. And uh, we look forward, of course, to seeing you guys all in the next one. Josh, switching? Are we switching? We're switching to horizontal flight. FAB. Thunder Nerds out. FAB.